It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, September 29th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that really does not enjoy the practice shootouts after these games. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Always weird to do it when you don't really need to. All right, let's get the show going. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there in Flyers land. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we've got a little bit of Flyers news and injury updates. We're going to talk about the preseason games versus the Sabres and Caps. And then wrap up with a look at the potential new salary cap and what that could mean for the Flyers. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So we did hear, Russ, about Sean Couturier uh, as promised. And uh, as usual, I think we got little to no information other than that they're not going to do surgery and he's week to week, but not really specifically what's going on with his back. No, and that's why I figured, I, you know, when I originally heard, you know, like disc problem and I thought to myself, that's a couple of months. It's still what I think. That's a couple of months. Yeah. I think the other interesting thing that we learned is that uh, Brad Shaw, assistant coach, had some media availability. And I thought this was important, especially going into this game against the Caps, because it was something that I wasn't really fully aware of going into the game against Buffalo, which made a big difference in that he said they haven't done much system work yet at camp beyond tape study, uh, which is apparently normal for what John Tortorella does at training camp. And they won't really look at systems until they get more cuts and get closer to what the NHL roster is going to be. And I think that speaks a lot to what's going on with the discipline of allowing so many uh, opportunities for other teams on the power play so far this preseason. And then, uh, you know, the PK has looked mostly good so far, Mm -hmm. but the power play has still been a mess. And it sort of lends itself to this. We're not telling them what to do specifically yet. They're just supposed to operate on their hockey instincts, I guess, thus far to really show what their smarts are. To, to make the team or not. And maybe I'm misinterpreting that, but I, I feel like that's kind of a good thing to know in evaluating what's going on out there. Or it's just something they say. Like, I just, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I'm watching these other teams who look like the other teams. And, you know, this isn't the shot at Brad Shaw. He's very good. But I don't know what this team is. And since John Twitterall is not coaching it, and since nobody knows the system, you're basically just telling me they're putting guys on the line and they're going out there and they're just saying, yeah, this is what we want you to do. 
go do your best. Like if that's what you're doing, you're not doing yourself any favors because again, and they don't have to care what the media thinks, but it's also what the fans think. The fans were mostly bored tonight. You know, aside from, you know, a moment or two, they were mostly bored and they're paying money for this. And there's definitely a big disengagement between this fan base and this team and coaching staff, especially right now. Like John Tortorella, I'm sure will eventually win them over. But right now, there's no impact. Yeah, I do think the the two are connected, right? Because if if it's every man for himself and you have to work really hard and show me the best of what you have as an individual to make this team – teams still need to practice to get ready for the season yes. and have a system together. And I, I just, to some degree, I understand what he's doing, but they just don't have the time. Even I think no. with that week in between the last preseason game and when the season starts, that's not enough to get things together. So I certainly hope uh, it is correct that they're going to really go heavy on the systems stuff coming up soon and I assume they're going to make some cuts today or tomorrow. So, well, today, sorry. Yeah, today or tomorrow. So maybe that's when that kind of stuff will kick into gear. But speaking of the two games we watched over the last couple of days versus Buffalo and then against the Caps, we had a bunch of questions. We talked. I do have about one on thing the- I want to say about the Buffalo before you get cranked up with that. Um, we were watching that game through their scoreboard. I do want to point that out. And we did lose sound at least two times, maybe three, but I guess it was better than nothing. Yeah, I actually rather enjoyed it because there was no graphics on the screen. It was just pure hockey, and I liked that mm-hmm. a lot. But uh, we did have some questions on the last show heading into these couple of games and things we were looking out for. So I think, you know, you spoke about Isaac Radcliffe being the elephant in the room in terms of him having to go through waivers. And, you know, he had that initial game against Buffalo to prove himself and then got an additional game because Atkinson wasn't in the game day roster, right? So he got slotted in uh, when Tyson Forster got moved up. So do you think he did it? No, I don't think he did anything wrong. I just don't think, I think the problem with someone like Radcliffe trying to make this team is, and especially with no systems, it's like everything's going to have to go right for him to be able to have some sort of impact. And a lot of things were going wrong in both of these games. The Flyers only had moments of good in both of these games. So I I can't blame the guy. Yeah, he just wasn't given the right situation to really do what he does best. I mean, he did get physical at some point. I saw Mm -hmm. he had a couple good, like, poke checks with his stick using his frame Mm -hmm. to be able to you know get in the way of of things defensively I thought but especially more in the Buffalo game than in the game against the Caps but yeah yeah, I just don't think he had enough time and space to really shine at all which is really unfortunate I I think uh, one of our other questions or, or more of a statement I guess was that Noah Cates would be a a lock for this lineup or a prediction, I guess I should say. And I think in that game against Buffalo, he was the one guy that really stood out positively in that game. And it's just every game, it seems like more and more likely that he's a lock. 
Yeah, I mean, I was talking to other media members. We're all convinced he should be a lock. Like, it shouldn't even be a question at this point. Uh, right now, he's one of their best players. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, it might change when the season starts, but right now we can only go with what we're seeing. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And in the effort he put forth on all aspects of his game, with the puck, yes. away from the puck, special teams, five on five, he was, I think, you know, as good as he can be in all of those situations. And it really stood out a lot yeah. in that Buffalo game. So I'm really happy for him, and I, I certainly hope it continues. Uh, another question we had uh, for the Buffalo game was the James Van Riemsdyk, Morgan Frost, Travis Konechny line. And, you know, they weren't entirely successful in that game. I mean, that Buffalo game was a little bit of a struggle, but I thought there were some moments where it, it seems like there's some potential for that line. I think there's some potential. The thing that was bothering me about JVR was he was getting out muscled a lot in the crease. Now, whether that's just because it's preseason, he's going to give a better effort during the regular season, you know, I have no way of knowing that. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but I think, you know, the combination at least looks like they complement each other yeah, I agree to some that. degree. It, yeah. That there's some individual moments of weakness. I thought Travis Konechny was shooting more like he wanted to in that situation. Yes. I think having Frost with him as support helps him in that because it he does. knows he that Frost can battle. Yeah. yeah. I think that's super helpful for Travis Konechny to have Morgan Frost there. Um, I also wanted to talk about Wade Allison. Uh, he played in the game against the Caps and man, you know, we always talk about him. Is he going to stay healthy mm -hmm. or not? And it was scary because he missed a couple of shifts after a hit. Uh, but he did come back into the game. And much like Noah Cates was in the game against Buffalo, I thought Wade Allison was the standout in the game against the Caps. Yeah, he gave the most effort. If not for that check, they wouldn't even have gotten the one goal that they did. He was their most energetic player. He was the player that played with the most desire and heart. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, I think so too. And, uh, you know, he can be pretty zippy out there as well. So I mm -hmm. um, always like watching him play, but always am nervous at this time. Yeah, you have time. to be. All right. We are going to switch over to the defensive side of things for a little bit in the next segment. But first, we are going to hear about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So we had a potential look at what the Flyers defensive core is going to shape up to be between the two games. But in the game last night against Washington, we really had what our top four is right now. So with Provorov and Tony D'Angelo as the top pairing and Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Ristolainen 
as the second pair. And I got to say, it, it was not great, Bob. It really wasn't. Uh, I thought Sandheim played fine. I thought Provorov played fine. Uh, Ristolainen, for some reason, on a few plays, even though he was trying to move the puck up the ice, he had his back to the play. I didn't understand why he would do that. Uh, it made no sense. Uh, Nick Sealer was making some not great plays. Um, D'Angelo was trying to make like the perfect pass, the perfect seam pass up the middle. And, you know, the puck would go through the other end. It's like, is this really the time to do it when you don't have your full NHL team? I, I mean, I don't know. Was he just trying to show off in front of the home crowd? I mean, maybe, but I mean, again, it didn't make the whole, the whole defense as a whole failed. It did because the caps owned the puck. They were faster. They had the puck up the ice much quicker and the Flyers were playing catch up and getting outshot as usual. Yeah, and Risto made a really dumb move with the puck uh, that led to the Caps' third goal in, in that okay. game. And uh, I just, there was some poor decision making overall. And mm -hmm. I think you're right that with Tony D'Angelo, he let like perfect get in the way of good mm -hmm. as you would say i think you know and he was trying too hard with his shots that just weren't going which is supposed to be his bread and butter right 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 and he was just like his aim was off or he would hit it straight into the goaltender yeah, his aim definitely it, was off it was really off and that was very concerning to me because if that's the thing he's supposed to be good at <laughs> then i think we're in a little bit of trouble you there, do. i but... mean here's something that we hadn't talked about that needs to get talked about, I guess. Sometimes when a player comes and plays in front of their home team, it takes time to adjust. Sometimes they try too hard. That could happen to him too. Yeah, I believe that. And I think that it is going to take some time. But hopefully, again, when maybe they get some systems into place here, they'll have better assignments. See, but don't you see, this, this is the whole thing now. So these are now built-in excuses as to why things don't look good and I don't like built-in excuses I, I I I'm watching these other teams and the Flyers are the ones that had the most vets not the Capitals they did it, that is that was a huge concern for me it, it, this game against the Caps especially I think it was a little bit more even in the Buffalo game yes uh, but, you know, I, and I think that game played pretty evenly when all was said and done. I think there were ebbs and flows to it. But the Caps game, you know, the Flyers came out really strong, much like they did versus Buffalo. But then it just petered out and never mm -hmm. really came back except for a few small moments here and there. Uh, and so I think that really to put together complete games, you have to have this game mentality about how you're going to run the bench first mm -hmm. off and then how just as players you're going to pace yourself and and what happens from shift to shift and and what you're planning to do and are you talking on the bench and trying to figure things out even if you're getting little to no direction from the coaching like are you working together and we just didn't see as much of that as I would have liked no that's that's a really great point so I think that the defense, <laughs> I don't know. We So we did see York and Braun in the Buffalo game, which is ostensibly the third pairing. And that was the top pair in that game. Uh, they certainly didn't play like a top pair, but I, I would call it a passable, but not, but barely so. 
Yeah, but the coaching staff had something to say. I don't know who it was about um, York's um, physical play. And we talked about that. And we talked about that maybe being a stumbling point because he's not quite there with that part of his game. And so you do have to kind of wonder now, is the coaching staff going to give him a pass and let him get better as the season goes on with that? Or are you going to go with Sealer and Connaughton because they'll play physical all the time? Yeah, and I'm just not sure we saw enough from Sealer to warrant him having earned this spot either. That's, I, that's the weird thing. It's just so bizarre that it there's like three, maybe four guys, if you want to count Zamula, right, who are potentially Actually, fighting for that spot. I thought Zamula was good against the uh, Capitals. I saw good things out of him. I just don't feel like he has a chance, and it's a shame because his passing mm-hmm. was good. He was playing safe. His skating was good. I actually thought Zamula was good. Well, and that's where I was going with that, right? Okay. So if you have three or four guys fighting for that spot and, and Zamula is the one that looks the best, like th- what does that say about the management side of things and who they're thinking might be a good fit there? I will say this. In the last few days, I had a discussion with um, an upper management person from another organization and talking about preseason. And when I said you know, preseason's really incumbent on the player to make it very hard on the team to cut them, to have, you know, they should be having meetings about them and really, you know, saying, what are we going to do? Because this guy is really like causing a problem here in a good way, like to change our mind. And there's not a lot of players doing that. We've named a couple, but there's not a lot. There's not enough on a team that is definitely not an incumbent playoff team. And on a team that has no real identity other than on the broadcast they're showing every hit possible. Where is that? Where is who is the changing the minds of the coaching staff? Who is going to do that? There has to be more than just two players doing that. Yeah, well, I hope the guys that are supposed to be leaders like your Kevin Hayes and James Van Riemsdyk really turn things around from a leadership perspective because I don't think Kevin Hayes played that great either. I think he would ad- admit to that. As yeah. Well. He had the one, he, he had the one play mm-hmm. um, again, players are notorious for sort of playing things halfway at times during, during preseason. I get that, mm-hmm. but that wasn't supposed to be happening under this coaching staff. And I, that's how I'm grading it. Yeah. Uh, I do want to touch on the goaltending uh, Mm -hmm. before we run out of time on this. And uh, it was interesting the way the, the flyers have done it with two periods, one period versus, you know, the other teams have done split games. So, you know, we saw Grosnick for two periods versus Buffalo Sandstrom for two periods versus the caps. And then Samerson got a period of each game. But uh, I think that Sandstrom looked mostly good i i think that he just got hosed from the play in front of him yeah. right which is the perennial problem with the no, flyers he's playing with confidence. I, I like what i've yeah. seen him. yeah and i think like gresonic is a little bit more unstable to me but overall i think has played pretty well again considering what's in front of him uh, i don't know i might deviate from that because like brandon bureau figured out hey let's just go love high side glove side high and and he did it twice very easily. But then there were also those couple of posts. There was something going on with Grosnick against Buffalo with his glove that he had no confidence in it. And it showed. And I hope that that changes. But it does look like, doesn't it look like he's rusty? Like he hasn't played net in like three years? 
Yeah, and that's why I say it, it, it felt a little off in terms of being scrambly, but I think that he has periods where he's calm as well and, and mm -hmm. was tracking well. I just think he doesn't deal with chaos very well, which and is also be a bad... chaos this year. Yeah. yeah, that's the problem, I think, with him. Whereas okay. I think, you know, Sam Erson, again, I think played pretty similarly to Sandstrom, but it's yeah. hard to tell when it's just one period coming in cold. Right. He's two, not getting games. a look because he has no chance of making this team. That's the, but at least he's getting some work. Yeah, I think that's a good part of it, but I sure would like to see him start a game so he mm -hmm. can do his proper system and habits and warm up and everything and then see what he looks like, you know, for a period or two in a game during this preseason. It's a nice thought. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get to see that. But uh, we will have more preseason games to talk about later in the week and going into next week. But up next, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about the salary cap. All right, Russ. So we got word about what the salary cap could be looking like over the next several years because the revenue from last season was higher than expected. And so the player's debt, so to speak, is being paid off sooner. So there may be room to raise the cap a little bit more faster than the league had anticipated. So we got a $1 million cap raise this year to 82.5 million. Next year, it could go up 1 million to 83.5, but then we'll get some big jumps after that for the 2024-25 season um, could be 87.5 to 88 million. And then the year after that, 25-26 could be about 92 million, which is a, a big jump. And it's too much of a jump, if you ask me. I mean, I don't think I, it'll be that much in that last either. year. I don't either. Um, Re regardless, I do think it could be helpful to the Flyers. Now, it's going to be helpful to everybody, right? When the cap goes up, you know, it helps everybody, but especially those teams in cap crunches. Uh, I think that obviously Chuck Fletcher has found it difficult to make cap space and this is either something that could save him and allow him to make some additional moves um, if he's still around at that point. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Um, looking at the 23-24, so, you, you know, you lose JVR, that's fine. Um, you're still going to have to fill that spot with a player. Uh, Kate, McEwen, Frost, you know, at least two of them hopefully um, are going to get extended. Uh, Brown's a UFA, you know, he's a, a basically a replaceable part. So either way, whatever, uh, Sandheim is looking for that deal. And with the cap going up, you know, he's going to look for real money. Uh, then you have Braun, you don't know, and then Adderd and, and York at that point, you know, looking for a bridge deal. They'll have some to spend, but eh, not as much the year after is there is their better year, but they're going to want to start really competing next year. Um, and so they're still going to have um, some cap concerns here. Nothing like this year, but it's still not fantastic. Well, and that's to me where the Ristolainen deal is really a problem because yeah. it was too long of a deal. And so to have $5 million tied up in him 
you know, well past when these larger increases will kick in, because I'm sure it'll kind of level out again after whatever compensating larger increases happen. Yeah, let's in say a they keep years. Sandheim, it's going to be five and a half, six, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're looking at a second pairing of both guys over five million. Yeah. And that's not even an elite second pairing. It's just a okay second pairing. I mean, you know, Travis. But Sandheim don't worry, could... Nick Sealer's still on the books that year. <laughs> no, he's not in twenty four, twenty five. No, no, I'm talking right? twenty three, twenty four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, twenty four, twenty five. They're in better shape. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem they're... is they have to make some deals for the year before. Yes. And so they're good. That's where the crunch is going to be. There'll be a carryover from that, that we don't know Mm -hmm. exactly what it's going to be yet. So. And the JVR money isn't going to be enough to cover all of what they need to do. No, 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 no. It it won't be. I mean, it's right now they're, they're in this spot where they have to have as much good young talent as they could get to help them through with the cap. And that's going to be the big year for that really is going to be 24, 25, because that's when, uh, like if they're not going to resign D'Angelo, their decor at that point, the only players that'll be signed right, right now, at least are pro and wrist lane. And then we assume Sanheim, but even just that's just three. It's half your yep. defense. Defense is expensive these days. It really is. And so that, that's where I worry. Is like, yeah, how do we get through these couple of lean years to get to that bigger increase to have a little bit more room? And you just have to kind of pray that some of these bridge deals for the younger guys, like a frost, are, are going to be cheap, right? They're going to yeah. be sort of like Owen oh, Tippett deals and, you know, not a Scott Lawton deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, will Ryan Ellis come back magically during any of this time? I don't know. I don't know either. So, so many questions there. Uh, But I think the Flyers are still not in the greatest of shape, even with this help. And again, you know, other teams are going to get this additional cap money too. So they'll have the same kind of advantage of signing the best free agents. So uh, it's really going to have to be a build within from within process, I think for the Flyers for the next couple of years still. And uh, Cutter Gautier, I hope, pans out but you know i think there's a lot riding on some guys that we still have a lot of questions yeah about. bobby brink you got to see how healthy mm-hmm. he is uh that's fair the other thing is honestly i'm very surprised and maybe it'll happen in the next week but if they're going to keep sandheim they should have extended him already because if he goes on and has a big season his price tag goes up way more than they're going to want it to yeah, I certainly hope they figure something out before seasons end, but uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's going to be a ride. No, I wanted to do it before one. season starts. Forget about season's end. Mm-hmm. You know, at season's end, if he somehow has like 50 points, good luck uh, giving him that five and a half. That's going to go to like six and a half. Could be. Could be. All right, we are going to wrap things up with our Flyers fun thing. And we had actually talked about how John Tortorella was going to work his uh, dogs into the Flyers experience. We knew at some point. And lo and behold, uh, they did get that together. And that 
Tortorella is doing a thing with 97.5 where he's going to go on once a week on Wednesdays. And so he'll talk flyers, but then he'll also highlight some dogs that are available for adoption in the area, uh, working with the SPCA and Philly Paws, which is a wonderful organization. Um, if you're looking for an animal, highly recommend Philly Paws. They always have some great pets available, dogs and cats as well. I know Tortorella is a dog guy, but he got, is, gotta but throw we're... some a word in there for the cats as well. <laughs> Listen, I'm a dog guy who has um, two cats currently, a rabbit. I have two dogs. They're all rescues, so I always support John in this endeavor. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad they figured out a way to to do that. So it's a uh, hockey and hounds is what it's called, and they're putting a dog every week up on the Flyers website under hockey and hounds as part of it as well. That's adoptable. So so go check that out. All right, that will do it for today's show. We'll be back again on Friday. I'm sure we're, we're going to have some cuts to talk about from training camp and maybe what they're planning for the next couple of preseason games against Boston and the Islanders. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe and comment over there as well. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL, where Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.